going to bug you out and hey, I love you and I'll see you tonight. You've been listening to The Secret Place Ministries of Austin, Texas. We'd appreciate your feedback and support. You may correspond with Bishop James Jefferson at 1732 Anderson Lane, Austin, Texas, 78754, or by email at jamesjefferson.contact at gmail.com. Until next time, be blessed, be encouraged, and be renewed. You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina, Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith Broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna and Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Churches in Alexandria. We desire to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ to a dying world in these final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Matthew, the 25th chapter. I'll be reading in your hearing from the Amplified Word, the Amplified, the Amplified Version of the Bible. Matthew 25, verses 1 through to 13. And the word of the Lord reads, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, thoughtless, silly, and careless. And five were wise, far-sighted practical and sensible. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil along with their lamps. Now while the bridegroom was delayed, they all began to nod off and they fell asleep. But at midnight, there was a shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and put their own lamps in order, trimmed the wicks, added oil, and lit them. But the foolish virgins said to the wise, give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, otherwise there will not be enough for us and for you too. Go instead to the dealers, and buy oil for yourselves. But while they were going away to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast, and the door was shut and locked. Later, the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, I do not know you, we have no relationship. Therefore, be on the alert, be prepared and ready, for you do not know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man will come. May the Lord add a rich blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated.
there they stood as the tears crisscrossed underneath their chins, whimpering and shouting as they lifted their voices in anguish and in deep regret. Their lamps were lit, their clothes were in red carpet fashion, and their hair was second to none. They were viewed as poetry in motion and beauty at its finest. However, because of their lack of preparedness and the unreadiness of the hour, they returned to the agony of their own darkness as the wedding procession went on without them. Every believer should heed to the counsel of the foolish versions as we talk about a subject entitled, Don't Miss the Ride. Don't Miss the Ride. We would have to view this parable in light of contemporary times of one missing their place in the wedding party, the reception, and the full week of celebration that is what is shared in the Orient culture. Well, what do I mean by that? I simply mean that when someone invites you to be a part of the wedding party, bridesmaid, if you will, there's a lot of things to take into account. The shoes have to be dyed a particular color that has to match the dress. Am I right, ladies? Also, you have to go get fitted for a particular dress because everybody is not a size seven. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me today. Some of us may be a 12. And I'm not trying to talk about nobody. I got five sisters I know, so I done seen some stuff. Dresses have to be tailor-made to perfection. You know that. The rehearsal dinners and practicing of the walking in and going out and over and over again until everything is right in sequence with the music as you enter the door. I saw this many times. The practicing and positioning themselves to where the bride stands is tedious and tiring. Some of the bridesmaids would even be to the point to consider the bride as bridezilla. Because of her zealous demeanor, sparky attitude, and wanting everything just right and her way. <laughs> Nevertheless, church, this is not the case for the foolish ones standing outside now crying a river because of their unwillingness to be ready. Now, of course, if you think about any story or any parable that's read here in the Bible, one has to have an explanation for the elements mentioned in it, am I right? So we have to run down the elements as cast and crew or stars and co-stars of your favorite motion picture like the Avengers. Y'all sitting up there looking at me like a cow and a, looking at a new fence. Now in this story, Jesus is the bridegroom. Are you with me? The virgins, the wise ones, are the true believers. The foolish ones are the false believers. The oil is presented as the provision of righteousness that fills the lives of the believers. The ride is considered the bridegroom coming and the wedding. And the lamps are the lives, the testimony, the witness, and the heart of both believers. Stay with me today. Now, before we pick on these ladies, like we listen to this, and normally we would, are you with me? We have to investigate not only the foolish virgins, but also the wise ones as well to see 
what they both have in common that one may can draw a definite conclusion. Now the 10 virgins are watching in the evening of this earth's history and all claim to be Christians. All have a call, all have a name, all have a lamp, and all claim to be doing God's service. All apparently are watching for the appearing of God coming. They all had oil in their lamps. They were all virgins. They were all dressed alike. Because if you come out of sorts and you're coming to a wedding and you're just backing up the bride and you're dressed differently, it's going to be some issues. They were all going to the bridal party. All their lamps were burning. They were all also a part of the wedding party. They all slept. Keep that in mind. They all responded to the same call. The main duty of the virgins, the believers, is to meet and light the path for the bridegroom. There was no visible difference between the virgins. Because remember, they all were dressed. They all had a lamp that needed to be burning. They all had lamps and they were all called to participate in the marriage feast. The lack of provision by the foolish could not be seen until the bridegroom actually showed up. You missed your time. They were not, they didn't, you could not see the difference between the two sets of virgins until the bridegroom showed up. No one has enough oil, enough righteousness to make himself perfect, to make himself acceptable to God. There is nothing that you can wear. There is nothing that you can put on. How good you smell, it don't matter. I don't care how much money you got, what gated community you live in. You cannot make yourself good before God. You have to wear his righteousness. And people are quick to take his righteousness off of you. Okay, yeah, all right, let me move on. Beloved, if there was anyone who could do due diligence in giving a better perspective, I do believe it would be the foolish virgins in this story. But I could hear some of y'all saying, How do you, Pastor, expect us to receive advice from foolish virgins? Mm. Proverbs 17, 28 tells us, Mm -hmm. even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. I believe in this story is wise counsel from these foolish virgins. So the first word of counsel that I believe that the foolish virgins were to give is found in verse 3. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So the first point that I believe that they would encourage us, is they would tell us, you need more oil. You need more oil. The oil is represented as the provision of righteousness that fills the lives of the believers. You see, uh, they had some oil, but they didn't have enough oil. And in other parts of scripture where we'll see oil, it's depicted as the Holy Spirit. Am I right? If the foolish virgins were here today, I do believe they would admonish us to tell us 
you need more oil. The wise virgins scarcely had enough for themselves and note two things that they noticed, the wise virgins. They had prepared. They prepared themselves. They had the oil, the righteousness necessary to burn the lamps, their lives, for the bridegroom's coming. Second thing to note, they had only enough and barely enough for their own lamps. I hope I'm preaching to you today. They were not able to give any of their own oil to those who didn't have any. Stay with me. In other words, the foolish were not prepared to even see the bridegroom, let alone light the way for him. They had their own minds made up. They had their own perspectives on the situation, their own slant on the circumstances, their own state of mind where they were. However, the righteousness of Christ is the only oil that lights the lamp of life. His righteousness, not big mama's righteousness, not mom and daddy's righteousness, not the church's righteousness, but Jesus' righteousness. I don't care how much stuff you eat or don't eat or what clothes you wear. You got to wear Jesus' righteousness. Some people will try to put other righteousness on you that they're not even wearing. Lord, help me today. The righteousness of Christ is the only oil that is acceptable to God. A person who depends only upon the oil in his own life or lamp who does not secure additional oil is a fool. Are you listening today? Same it will be at midnight. Yes, it's midnight. That's what the text says. Isn't it right there? But midnight is coming, and brothers and sisters, in fact, our spiritual watchers tell us it's moments to midnight as we speak. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, why would you call this time midnight, pastors? It's midnight in the church because, remember, the text says that they were all sleeping. I'm going to your, I'm gonna get to your house in just a minute. Because right about now, we've got to deal with the church. Because there are things that happen in the church that we sweep up under the rug and then we don't want to deal with it. It's still quiet in here. When we sabotage the ministry as believers and blame others for it, we need more oil. You didn't hear me today. When we are comfortable complaining about what's not happening, but we don't provide solutions, we need more oil. When we can gossip about our church and expect people to join it, testifies that we need more oil. When we withdraw more than we deposit, we need more oil. When we choose 